Over this last week, these individuals kept their eyes focused on the student experience and helped us wade through what was awful by sprinkling optimism and deep care. And for that, we share our thanks. Let's give them a round of applause. Your care for this place has not gone unnoticed. Thank you, you may be seated. If you would like to be a reader in chapel, there's a sign on the window and there's pens underneath. Put your name, email address, phone number if you wish. We'll be in touch with you and slide you in and assign you uh, uh, a date. We want to welcome Matt back from the class of 05. You get to figure which 05. Molly, thanks. Good to hear you. Uh, this will be a treat and a half. Uh, we are delighted that all semester long we uh, have been or are, are the recipients of two seminarians assisting us with worship leadership and uh, uh, we welcome them to campus this day. Uh, welcome all semester long. Uh, this is Brother Juan Carlos, please stand. This is Brother Christopher, please stand. Let's welcome them. Brother Juan Carlos, it's your turn. In the presence of a, of a, a living God, we, we gather God who called us to love one another, God who, who teaches us and guides us, God who is with us today and every day. Amen. Benevolent God, you were with us from antiquity as a loving parent. You have given us great love and taught us the principles of holy life. You set high standards of integrity for us to follow. You call us to love, and we are here to respond. Today's reading is from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap all the way to the edges of your field, field, or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not pick your vineyard bare, or gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I, the Lord, am your God. You shall not steal, you shall not deal deceitfully or falsely with one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of the God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your fellow, you shall not commit robbery. The wages of a laborer shall not remain with you until morning. You shall not insult the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear, fear your God, I am the Lord. 
You shall not render an unfair decision. Do no favor the poor or show difference to the rich. Judge your kinsmen fairly. Do not deal basely with your countrymen. Do not profit by the blood of your fellow. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your kinsfolk in your heart. Reprove your kinsmen and incur no guilt because of them. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against your own countrymen. Love your fellow as yourself. I am the Lord. Here ends today's reading. Last week, Pastor Scott introduced the theme of University Chapel, Love One Another, and stressed that love is not a choice to be executed at will, nor select to selected recipients, but a commandment, a call from God. Being part of Cal Lutheran community for a few years now, I wish to ask in the most Lutheran way, so what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean to love one another? And to answer in the most Jewish way, through text study, script study. And you have your script with you at your bulletin. I wish to introduce the concept of love as was understood biblically. Well, I lost my. As was understood biblically, and later inspired generations, rather, okay, generations of legislators and activists from early antiquity till now. Rabbi Akiva, the first century rabbi, taught that love your fellow is the primary principle of the Torah, encompassing all other commandments. Later, this principle was reiterated in the Gospels of Matthew, chapter 19, Mark, chapter 12, which we read last week, and in Romans, chapter 12, in which Jesus says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law and the commandments. What law was Jesus referring to? Do you have any idea? We will explore that. Islam, Baha'i, Hinduism, Confucianism teach the same principles. I actually checked it out. And as we can see, the principle of love toward one another is a central virtue of moral life in many faith traditions. For Jews and Christians, the source of this influential idea is found in the most quintessential text in Judaism, Leviticus 19, which we also refer to as the Code of Holiness. The Hebrew name of the book of Leviticus is Vayikra, which means God's calling, to show you the emphasis and the importance of this book in the Jewish tradition. The book of Leviticus is also known as the priestly book, or the book of law. And it's often misunderstood or misinterpreted as the legalistic book, or the absolute one, 
However, I want you to pay attention. This book introduces radical ideas. These ideas had to be codified, to be taken seriously, and to prevail throughout generations. I want to share with you three radical ideas. And think about it, 2,000 years ago, these were radical ideas. And sometimes it is today, too. First, that life should be holy. It's not every day. It's holy. There are many ways to live, but one should strive to life of virtue and morality. Everyday conduct should be regarded as the sacred art of life. Second, and most revolutionary for those days, was the idea that holiness is not only the domain of God or the priests. Holiness belongs to everyone. Hashtag democracy, free common era. As God said, you shall be holy people since I am holy. Third, that holiness can be and should be practiced not only in the temple, synagogues, houses of study or worship, but on the streets, in the marketplace, in the field, and at home. Think about that. Holiness is a way of life that translates ideals into social interactions. How do you live with your neighbor? How do you love your neighbor? Holiness cannot exist without ethics. Leviticus provides us the roadmap towards life of holiness and ethics. While introducing lofty ideas, the book of Leviticus understands that humans are not angels and ideals are hard to follow, and thus spells those ideals in a very practical terms, as commandments. This is what you are expected to do, as a parent would tell his child. Relating to our theme, love as an ideal cannot be dictated nor measured, but actions can. Thus, it is not much or it is not about how you feel towards your fellow, but rather, what would you do for her? The Hebrew texts read, Le-re-acha, you should love to your fellow, not your fellow, not et re-acha. In this context, love is not a noun, it's a verb, and we actually conjugate in Hebrew, ahavti, ahavta, ahav, nohav, we shall love. Second, it's not a vague term. It has specific implementations on social empathy and dignity, in labor and business ethics. The practical answer to what does it mean to love one another 
can be found in the text of Leviticus 19. I wish for us to read it together. And as we read it again, I want you to think about modern day implementation and interpretation of those laws. You have the text in the bulletin. When you shall reap your harvest of the land, you shall not reap all the way to the edges of your field, or rather the gleaning of your harvest. You shall not pick your vineyard bare, nor gather the fallen fruits of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I, the Lord, am your God. That will relate to, nowadays, to social justice, maybe? You shall not steal. You shall not deal decisively or falsely with one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, profaning the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not defraud your fellow. You shall not commit robbery. The wages of the laborer shall remain with you, shall not remain with you until the morning. Where this goes? What kind of ethics we can imply today? Of paying the laborer for the work today and not business ethic, work ethics. You shall not insult the deaf or place a stumbling block before the blind. You shall fear your God. I am the Lord. Think about people who do not understand a language or cannot read the, read the fine print of long, long documents. It all falls under not putting a stumbling block. You shall not render unfair decision. Do not favor the poor or show difference to the rich. Judge your kinsmen fairly. Do not deal beastly with your countrymen. Do not profit by the blood of your fellow or his or her sorrow. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your king's funk in your heart. Reprove your king's men, social criticism, but incur no guilt because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear grudges against your countrymen. Love your fellow as yourself. I am the Lord. As we can see from this reading in its original context, the commandment to love encompasses all the commandments above. Remember Mark 12, what Jesus said? Later, the text will relate to animal welfare. Do not make different kinds of animals and ecological sustainability. Do not plant your field with two kinds of seeds, means do not mix genes of plants no GMO, but it's real. These commandments have been with us roughly for 2,000 years, long enough to become part of our value system. And these values uphold us to the highest standards of behavior and inspired future formations 
of business ethics, social ethics, labor ethics, and the laws to protect the laborer, special protection for people with special needs or disabilities, the elderly, and treatment of working animals. Each time that emphasis on the importance of the commandment is needed, we read the suffix, I am the Lord, as if to tell us, remember, I call you, Vayikra, I require you to live holy. I require of you to love your fellow. And I specify what does it mean to me. I am the Lord. May we all obey God's commandments to love on its multiple layered implications. Amen. We give you thanks for being ever-present in our lives. We experience your grace through the deeds of others. Each of us is a vessel of love. The fountain is ever-flowing. You taught us how to love. May we live by your teachings. <laughs>